is Tom Trebojevich, fullback for the Manly Ringer Seagulls, and you're listening to the Supercoach Champions Podcast. Supercoach Champions podcast. This is episode 117 and it's the late mail edition for round 16, the mega trade round. We have trades to burn, so many key decisions to make. So without further ado, let's jump straight into the Wacko's Whispers for round 16. You've got mail, baby, yeah. All right, so Wacko's Whispers for this week, starting off with the Roosters and Storm on Thursday night. The Roosters' origin duo of James Tedesco and Angus Crichton, they both took part in the captain's run on Wednesday and at this stage are expected to back up on a four-day turnaround. Sam Walker has been named to return from his shoulder injury but could still be in some doubt. Tupanua returned to training after missing the game before origin bye week with a foot injury and, like Sam Walker, could still be in some doubt. Fletcher Baker could once again start at prop. Adam Kieran and Freddie Lussick were both admitted from the squad on Wednesday night with Ben Thomas being named on the bench. But Waku expects Drew Hutchinson, to, who has returned to full training after recovering from his nasty rib injury, to come onto the bench if Walker is fit, with Joseph Sawali, the other player, remaining in the 19. On the Storm side, their origin contingent of Cam Munster, Christian Welsh, Felice Kafusi, and Josh Adokar are obviously still faced with the same four-day turnaround. There is some chat of resting. At this stage, Waku believes maybe Kafusi will be rested with Trent Loyero starting in the second row. Finucane was in the Blues' origin squad but didn't play and he should be right to play this week. Brandon Smith calf, Jesse Bromwich elbow, Raymond Smith ankle and Kenny Bromwich ribs all trained this week and look set to play. Cooper Johns, Jordan Grant, Marion Seve and Tepai Moroa were the players admitted from the 19-man squad 24 hours before kickoff with Dean Eremia and Trent Loero, the two remaining in the 19-man squad. For the first game on Friday, the Warriors and the Dragons the Warriors have new recruits, Chad Townsend and Dallin Watini Zelezniak, who trained with the squad this week and will play. DWZ also overcame a foot injury in this time. Josh Curran and Ewan Aitken are both unavailable due to being in a 14-day quarantine after being close contacts to a COVID case. The week off came at a good time for the Warriors, with a number of players picking up mind injuries in the Knights game. That includes Jazz Tavanga, who passed his HIA, Cody Nikarima ankle, Bailey Siren, who failed his HIA, and Elisa Katoa with a foot injury. All expected to play. Ed Cossey returns on the left wing after recovering from his own HIA suffered in round 14. At this stage, Wacko expects the Warriors to line up with the left edge of Katoa, Nikarima, Pompey and Cossey, and a right edge of Murdoch Musilla, Townsend, Montoya and Watini Zelesniak. And we may see uh, Murdoch Musilla and Tohu Harris rotating on the right edge like he's done throughout this season. Bunty F4 is also good to go after being rested before the origin due to a shoulder injury and he's trained with the squad this week. On the Dragons side, they're welcome back. Josh Maguire and Tyrell Fui-Mayuno from suspension. There's a chance that Maguire starts at prop, and that'll see Paul Vaughan drop to the bench. Ben Hunt, Andrew McCulloch, and Tarek Sims will be checked at their captain's run on Thursday, but at this stage, all are expected to back up from Odin despite the five-day turnaround. Jack Bird also moves back to centre, and he should be on the right-hand side. For the Panthers and the Eels, the Panthers obviously without Nathan Cleary for an extended period after his shoulder injury in origin. This will see Jerome Luai move to the right side with Matt Burton to play left. Stephen Crichton switches back to his preferred left centre spot with Brent Naden on the right wing. Outside Tyrone Mann right centre. 
and Charlie Steen's named at fullback for the first time officially in his NRL career. Milian Mikikau returns after missing the Roosters game due to a hamstring injury. Isaiah Yo, Brian Toto, Liam Martin and Kurt Capwell all came through Origin with just the usual bumps and bruises and all should be right to play. Happy Corosau was 18th man of the Blues and didn't make it onto the field, so he should be good to go for this game. The Eels look set to be 1-17. Junior Polo took, took part in Origin. Didn't train, but he's expected to play. Sean Lane has also been managed at training, but should also play. For the first game on Saturday, the Bulldogs and the Seagulls. The Bulldogs have named a depleted lineup due to a number of players being forced into isolation after they breached NRL bubble rules. This will see Fala Kiko Manu, Bailey Biondi Odo, and Chris Potolo all make their NRL debuts. All three spent time training with the NRL squad during the preseason, so will be familiar to teammates. Manu will line up at left centre inside Corey Allen. On the bench, Biondi Odo is a halfback who can also play hooker, and Patolo can play both edge and middle. Jackson Tupini starts on the left edge next to Jake Averillo, who has switched sides due to Kyle Flanagan returning as the right half. Tuikato is also right to go after he passed his game day HIA during the Eels game prior to the Origin bye week. On the Seagull side, they are sweating on the fitness of Tom Trevojevic after he did suffer a rolled ankle in Origin. At this stage, it seems he's pulled up okay, just needs to take part in the captain's run on Friday to be a confirmed starter. Daily Cherry Evans should be fine to play after Origin, despite managing an ongoing groin injury. Marty Depau, back, Brad Parker, Ribs and Ruben Garrick's shoulder are all expected to recover from injuries suffered in the Titans game to play. The next game is the Raiders and Titans. For the Raiders, they have Origin pair Jack Whiten and Josh Papali'i returning to training on Wednesday. They received the all-clear on COVID tests. At this stage, though, Jack Whiten and his partner are waiting for their third child to be born, and he could be a late withdrawal, with Matt Frawley on standby. Jared Crook has returned to full training and comes back at left centre inside Semi Valame after he recovered from both knee and shoulder injuries. This will see Sebastian Chris, who's also fit from recovering from a poke to the eye in the Dragons game, moving to right centre inside Jordan Rappiner. Sam Williams will hand over the goal-kicking duties to Croker. Sia Soliola hasn't been cited at training, but that could just be managing the veterans' workload. If fit to play, he will probably start at lock with Ryan Sutton dropping to the bench again, and Hudson Young is on standby should Soliola be ruled out. On the Titans side, they have two big conclusions with AJ Brimson and also Corey Thompson returning from knee and ankle injuries respectively. They also have Bo Firma returning to the bench after his hamstring injury. Kevin Proctor returns on the right edge after missing the Manly game due to suspension. Their origin contingent of David Fafita, Tino Fasua Malawi and Moeki Fotoeka all look set to play with the six-day turnaround from origin. There is a chance Mitch Rain could replace Aaron Clark at hooker as Rain looks to return to full fitness after a shoulder injury. Patrick Herbert, Knock, Ash Taylor, Ankle, and Brian Kelly, Ankle, should all overcome minor knocks from the Manly game to play this week. For the Knights and the Cowboys, the Knights welcome back star fullback Kalen Ponga from a groin injury. He trained at full tilt earlier in the week to prove his fitness and just needs to make it through the captain's run on Friday to be a confirmed starter. At this stage, Chad Clifford will hold on to the goal-kicking duties for now. Kurt Mann, Ankle, will play at left centre. Mitch Binder is also good to go after copping a couple of heavy knocks against the Warriors. Daniel Saifidi looks set to back up from Origin, despite not training earlier in the week. On the Cowboys' side, their preparation has been thrown into turmoil after Todd Payton was forced into isolation. At this stage, assistant coach Dean Young will guide the team in his absence. Tom Gilbert is awaiting the results of a COVID test before he can be cleared to play. However, it looks like he's going to be forced into isolation and will miss the game. Uh, I think the latest information there was here. Halem Lukey, 
will be called onto the bench instead. And it appears Corey Jensen, uh, they've sought special exemption to add him to the extended bench. Val Holmes did cop a knock in origin, was able to play out the game. Dejan Arzi is on standby to play in the halves, with Scott Drinkwater in line for a switch to fullback if Holmes is ruled out. Jake Granville shoulder and Hamiso Taboe Fido concussion should both be right to play, with Carl Felt also set to back up from origin. On to the Sunday games. The first one is the Broncos and the Sharks. For the Broncos, their only origin representative named is Payne Haas, who has the benefit of a seven-day turnaround, so he should be right to play. Jermaine Osaka returns on the right wing and probably be handed goal-kicking duties ahead of Tony Staggs, who's playing his first game of the season after recovering from an ACL injury. TC Rabadi starts on the right edge next to Brody Croft, who also returns from a knee injury. And Wacker expects either Reese Kennedy or Jordan Rickey to come onto the bench for Jesse Arthurs. On the Sharks' side, no injury concerns. There may be one change with potentially Siosif Atalakai dropping to the bench and Teague Wilton starting on the left edge. And expect a massive game from Ronaldo Mulitalo, who obviously had his origin dream shattered, although they've uh, apparently now applied for an exemption for him to be able to play. So that'll be interesting to see whether he's available for game three or round 17 or not. And the last game, the Tigers and the Rabbitohs. The Tigers do have back rower Sean Bloor in doubt. If he's ruled out, it could result in Jake Simpkin coming onto the bench to provide some cover for Jacob Little at hooker. Thomas McKayley returns from a knee injury to take up a bench role. Adam Duehi ret- returns from concussion at right centre. and That'll push James Roberts back to left centre. For the Bunnies, their origin players, Damien Cook, Latrell Mitchell, Cam Murray, Dean Gagai and Jai Arrow, were all given a light training week and at this stage are all expected to play. No other concerns uh, for the team. So that is Wacko's Whispers for round 16. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. As always, this segment is now sponsored by Carl McGrath Accounting. Tax time, it begins today. Get Carl to do your tax return and he will legally maximise your tax refund. No job is too big or too small. And being a small business, you'll be speaking directly with the owner who's going to do your work. No work's done overseas or done by junior staff. Carl is the man who does everything himself. Doesn't matter where you are in Australia. You can use FaceTime, Zoom, it doesn't matter. You can help anyone, no matter where you are. Carl can help you with things like maximising COVID work from home deductions, rental properties or capital gains tax from sales of a property, share or cryptocurrency trading. For listeners of the Supercoach Champions podcast, Carl's got a special offer. It's $99 for a basic tax return. And even if your return is a bit more complicated, Carl guarantees me that he'll look after you with a price. So search for Carl McGrath Accounting on Facebook or at Carl M. Accountant on Twitter. Obviously, he's one of our, our patrons, one of our champs. He loves the Supercoach, so uh, when you get in touch with him, don't hesitate to have a chat to him about Supercoach either. But just like you might direct your tax time questions to Carl, you've given me a bunch of Supercoach questions to tackle, so let's jump straight into it. All right, first question is from Bing at Bing Numbers. Hello, Wilfred. Is Ronaldo Molotalo an option now? Uh, given the... They, like the Maroons have applied for a special exemption to have him declared eligible to play. I don't think I could go there. You've got to wait. As much as he presents as a great pod, he's been in good form the last few rounds. But yeah, I guess when we chatted about it earlier, uh, that was on the assumption that he wouldn't be eligible to play Origin. So until we know what's going on there, I don't think you could risk it. Plus, Yannick Katoa is still floating about on the extended bench. I just kind of feel, yeah, that could shake things up as well for them. We knew how... Good 
especially that combination with SJ from last year, uh, could really obviously happen again. Next question is from Kirsty Brody at Kirsty underscore Brody. Campbell Graham this week as a pod versus Tupo next with the crowd. Ranked 1,200-ish, hoping for a top 1,000 finish. Uh, so firstly, Kirsty, great job on the ranking. Look, Campbell Graham, I don't mind it. I just I really like him better on, on the left, and that's just the whole... I mean, that's the whole battle with the Rabbitohs, isn't it? They're so left-focused that any of their right-side players just don't go as well or not as consistent. I I really like Tupo, honestly. I think um, he might be popular, but I don't think he's going to be as popular as you'd think, and I'd, I'd back him to outscore Campbell Graham. So as much as I see the pod appeal, I can understand it, but I just kind of think with the whole pod option, you know, there's no point potting up if they're not going to outscore the you know the more popular players. So unless you really feel that Campbell Graham is going to outscore Tupo for the rest of the season, I yeah, that's the way I'd lean. There's also the question mark about Graham. You know, he's been in the extended squad for Origin. If anything happens injury wise, does he get a call up? So yeah, again, it might be a decision you have to make next week. But that's kind of where I'd sit at the moment on that one. Next question comes in from Mitch Phillips at Mitch underscore Phillips. Who goes out of Watson and Braley to bring in Torhu via Cheese to Hooker? Oh, geez, that's a really tough one. I think, I mean, unless you don't need Watson's dual position anymore, I'd probably lean towards getting rid of Watson just because, at least with Braley, you know he's playing 80 minutes. And, you know, for the most part, Braley has been able to get better base stats. Watson does have the uh, downside of getting shuffled around and we know when he's been called upon to play at 5'8 or at hooker, you know, the attacking stat upside goes up, but obviously the base stats go down. So Braley seems safer to me, but for me, for example, I'm considering, you know, this exact issue and I'm keeping Watson because I can use his dual position potentially for future trades and that makes a huge difference. For example, like I might move out Schuster, move Watson to 5'8 and then when I want to bring Cleary back in, I can use Watson to shuffle my dual positions around so that I can trade someone else from a different position. For example, if there's, you know, like a season-ending injury to a, a gun that's worth 700000 800000 and I'd much rather trade them back to Cleary when they're fit, and Watson could be useful for that in the future. So that's the only reason I would lean that way. But if it's purely just a question between the two of these players, I think I'd lean keeping Braley. I know the last start score was not ideal, but that seems to be the... You know, it's the exception rather than the norm. Like just a week prior to that, he scored 56 mostly in base stats. So, yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards Braley for that reason. This question is from uh, at Jack Bread. It's a head-to-head player who will make finals. 12 trades left. Hold slash sell Cleary or Hines. So I think with Hines, I'm holding Hines until Pappenhausen's back just because I think, you know, he's going to be really good at center wing until then. So... Uh, realistically, if Pappenhausen's back round 18, so you get one more round of Heinz at fullback, and he could be a perfectly easy downgrade to say like a Tupo next round or something like that. That's one of the trades I plan for, but obviously I'm not a head-to-head specialist there. Alternatively, you know, you could sell Heinz at max price, but honestly, I think the point's probably worthwhile this week. He's not going to lose much in the K in, you know, unless he scores sub 50, and I don't think he's going to score sub 50. That's just my feeling about this week. As for holding or selling Cleary, look, I get it. Um, if you think you're going to make finals and having the possibility of holding Cleary is, a, is an option for you and it won't weaken you too much that you'll lose games coming up, then I can see the appeal in holding him. 
Having said that, you got 12 trades left. I don't know the shape of the rest of your team. So if it's mostly complete and you only need to burn maybe three or four trades to be able to sit tight for, you know, eight trades for the last couple of rounds, then I don't have any issues trading Cleary out and you just get him back in if he's ready to play. Obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty about it, but there is a potential chance here that he spends four to six weeks rehabbing and then is not able to play and he ends up going to surgery anyway. So if that's the case, then you're better off selling him now and then getting him back later. There's a lot of questions there and in our physio, they does, does an absolutely fantastic breakdown of that on his Patreon. So I can't encourage uh, you guys enough to go check that out because it's worth paying for that kind of content. It's just absolutely top notch. Next question comes in from Paul Jeffrey at MySpace Legend. So head to head, don't care from round 17. Do I go hard and finally end the Barnett slash Madison torture for Torhu and for Fida now or bank the trades and give them both their never ending? I'll see how they go this week. Pass. Would leave me eight trades total, no grant or second gun fullback needed still. All right, so because you are quite low on trades, I mean, ideally as a head-to-head player, I I always want to try start the head-to-head finals with at least six trades and ideally eight trades because you want to have two trades each for the grand final and then the prelim if possible. Obviously, that may not be possible for you. So for that, I would be looking to, yeah, definitely upgrade these guys to final 17 players. If you don't need the wins... There's a chance that potentially Barnett outscores Dev Fafita over the next few weeks because depending on what happens with Fafita, if he comes off the bench this week, for example, or he comes off the bench or doesn't play around 18, then obviously Barnett's going to give you more points by playing this week on the edge and then potentially on the edge again in round 18. But you know, if you just want to lock in your final team, then I have no issues at all swapping Barnett and Matto for Torhu and Fafita because you know those two across the rest of the season you know, in finals, you want to have those two guys. So, yeah, have no issues with that. But you are obviously running a bit low on trades. And I'd be wondering, yeah, when are you going to get your second full back and how you're going to last until the end, really. So good luck with that. Next question comes in from David Hooper at dhooper19. Thoughts on Verils as a downgrade option at nine? So, yeah, look, Verils is an interesting one. I've looked at him myself. And I know with Verrills, the thing with him is it's just like when we saw him in 2019, he definitely looked pretty good, but also he scored quite well for Supercoach. Like base stats were solid and he got involved in attack as well. We haven't quite seen that since then. And I don't know if that's because obviously off the ACL from last year, he's been kind of feeling his way back into the team and getting back into his full match fitness and everything like that. He's definitely looked better and better as he's gone. And, you know, the Roosters look so much better with him at nine as opposed to Marshke. So I just think, yeah, look, he's starting. I'd love to be able to watch another week. If you couldn't and you have to get him in this week because you're downgrading to free up cash elsewhere, I don't hate it. I mean, as a starter, even if he plays 60, 65 minutes, I expect him to be at least a 35 to 40 in base and hopefully more if he gets his work rate up a little. But I don't think he's going to be an AE nightmare and that's the important thing here. So yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. It's ideal if you could wait a week, but I get that you can't maybe wait afford to wait that week. So yeah, I have no issues with going early on Verils if you had to. Next one comes in from Andrew K at aking eighty. Great show, Catfish. Thank you for that. I'm in the top two hundred. Congrats. And he wants to know who to bring in Garrick or Fafita. I think this week I'd have to lean Garrick, as much as Fafita is obviously a top seventeen final run home team, but Garrick playing the Bulldogs this week plus playing. Round 17, 
definitely tips him over the line for me over Fafita this week where, like I said, might get less minutes this week or definitely less minutes in round 18, I expect, if not missing that game altogether. So, yeah, Garrick for me, no questions out of those two, especially if you're overall. Next question comes in from Charch at FPL underscore Charch. What's your take on Nichols as a cheap front row forward option? So cheap being, I think it's about 280,000 thereabouts. His minutes are surely set to continue rising with Totola out for around six weeks and the Bunnies missing their origin forwards in round 17 and possibly 18-2. So yeah, look, I think it's a great shout. I don't mind it at all. The only thing I have with this is, you know, once Totola's back and it might not be till later in the season, but, you know, at this stage, Tom Burgess is also playing off the bench. So that's one of the considerations I guess I have with that. And you most likely you're going to have to trade out Nichols at some point. So as long as you've got the trades to factor that in, I don't mind it, honestly. And we've seen that with minutes he gets some decent scores, but, you know, you look at his scores this year and it's been times where he hasn't gotten very many minutes and he's, you know, dropped sub-30 scores in there as well. So that's the only consideration I'd have. But as a short-term rental, I definitely don't mind it at all, uh, given his price tag and the current setup. So he could score quite well around 17 which is obviously something that you looked at and considered. So, yeah, good shout. Next question comes in from Osman at Osman Numbers. So Osman's sitting 250th, so he's targeting a high finish. Congrats on the rank so far. But also in big cash head-to-head, selling Cleary two options. First one is Pangai out, Garrick in, 19 guns and run home plus three trades. Secondly is Torquemano out, Tupo in over Garrick, hold TPJ as a 19th player for the run home. As a pod will mean 20 guns plus three trades, but no Garrick though. Look, that's a really tough one. I think if it's strictly head to head, I would probably lean getting uh, Tupo in next week over Garrick and looking to have the extra gun plus three trades just because I just don't think that's going to be enough for you, unfortunately. But for overall, I can't not have Garrick. I'd want to get him in for sure because I think he'll score really well this week, next week, and you know, anytime the Manly Seagulls do really well and the f- games after that. So to me, I that's a really tough one and this is why I, I find it so hard to balance overall and head-to-head because the way I trade, the way, the way I play is definitely much different between the two games and I think you're going to struggle to balance the two here. And yeah, good luck. Next question comes in from Giorgio at Gio underscore Valentino underscore Unpopular opinion, trading out Cleary and no plan to bring him back this season. Reason, it will allow me to bring in a better hooker than Braley, such as Cook or Grant, and will make room for Fafita and five good wingers I can rotate until end of season. If head-to-head player, yes or no. So I don't know how unpopular this is. I mean, I get trading him out. I think that's the smart move to do. Whether or not you have any plan to bring him back this season, that's the probably the unpopular part. I'd always keep it open, basically. I wouldn't want to, as a head-to-head player, be going up against Cleary in the finals, basically. But that's just me. So I honestly don't have an issue of trading him out. And if it means that you can set up your team better, then that's fine. But I would probably still try to keep it open as an opportunity to bring him back later if you needed to. But yeah, definitely no issues trading him out. And next question comes in from D. Ed Barker Storm Tiger. So looking at your ideal 17, your ideal 20-player squad, uh, what are guys' trades this week? And thoughts on buying players, maybe potentially score less weekly, but less injury-prone. For example, for Noah Blake and SJ, 
If Law and Trade's better sign conservative, consistent players or get rich or die trying, thanks again. So I've asked um, Bear for his trades. At the moment, he's still undecided and hasn't had enough time to properly research, but he's most likely trading out the likes of Capewell, Lucy, Curran and Simpkin, and he's looking at getting Angus, uh, Fanua Blake, Tupany and maybe Verrills, maybe looking at Brandon Smith as well, but he's uh, quite understarted at this stage. So, yeah, not sure I can help out there, but he's still thinking, working through things. So, yeah, um, if I get, if I find out what he's doing, then I'll try to let everyone know. But at this stage, that's what he's uh, sitting on there. Um, I might say with the ideal 17 or 20 player squad, I'll probably try to look at tackling that uh, next week. Um, it's probably a bit too big for the late mail edition, so I won't spend too long on that. And then your other question was about buying players with uh, potentially scoring less weekly but less injury prone. I mean, I've kind of talked about this with NRL Physio in the past. Injury proneness is pretty unfair. Like, injuries happen because of contact and getting limbs in the wrong position during tackles and things like that. It's a difference between if it's consistent soft tissue injuries and things along those lines. If you look at SJ's injuries, they've generally been different and I don't think injury proneness is probably fair. Uh, having said that, he is a bit older and it does mean that he could be more susceptible to soft tissue injuries and things like that, but I wouldn't necessarily avoid him just for it. I would make sure though if SJ, like he's not your only halfback or only 5'8 option, you'd want to have him as your backup or just, you know, you've got coverage there or you've got trades to trade him out if he does get hurt long-term. That's the way I'd probably look at it. I don't believe in signing uh, suboptimal players just because you think they're less likely to get hurt because, as we've seen, anyone can get suspended, anyone can get knocked out, and it just, you know, it's luck of the draw sometimes. So I wouldn't go that way. You just want to pick the best players for your team, and that's the way I'd approach it. And a late last question comes in from Tom at Tom Numbers. Vanilla Blake still a buyer with the signing of Lodge. Any news on Schuster? Thoughts on Hughes versus Nickarima versus SJ as a replacement for Cleary? Mulatalo or Ramian as a center wing option? So um, I'm not worried about Vanilla Blake in that I still think he's fantastic value at his price. It does, to me, cap his upside a little bit. I think he's less likely to play 60 minutes or whatever. He might be capping out at 50 to 55 at best, whereas I just think, you know, maybe the the downside is more for the rest of the Warriors forwards. It may, I mean, the other thing I'm thinking of is does that change things for Tohu Harris as well? I don't think it will, but it does cast a little bit more uncertainty there. On Schuster, I I don't have any real news. Apparently he, um, you know, was, uh, suffered a setback with his calf injury, but he's still like they're, you know, on, on a weekly basis, thinking he's going to be back, but something happens. So, yeah, I, I expect him apparently still a chance for next week, which is annoying because I'm planning to sell him. But I wonder if the way Lawton's been playing, the way Foran is still going well, I, I wonder if, you know, even if he's back, he might just be on a bench spot. So if you want to move him on, I don't have any issues with that, really. And then, I mean, Hughes versus Nicarina versus SJ. I'm, I'm still on SJ. Nikarima, I just think there's too many uncertainties there. And Hughes, I think he's a great option. I just don't think I want to get him this week just because of the matchup plus not playing around 17. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at on that one. Mulatalo versus Ramian. I just think you've got to go Ramian because Mulatalo might play Origin now with the exemption 
uh, being applied for by the Maroons. So, yeah, that's hopefully answered those questions there and I think we'll have to finish up for this week. In terms of final decision-making, look, I haven't worked out my trades fully. I'm still committed to getting, though. Uh, Garrick, Trevojevic, uh, SJ and Torhu Harris. It's just about how I do it and whether I get, like, with my fifth trade, whether I'm just nuffing out to, you know, someone like a Tupini or maybe like a Manu from the Doggies or I've even looked at Delui from the Seagulls who's playing off the bench at the moment. You know, like with the Seagulls having multiple forwards come back and Jake Turbo as well, I just think he's likely to drop out altogether and become an actual nuff and he'll probably still cover me for next week and get me some points there, but he's bottom dollar. It's his third game though, so you'll have to look at him this week, but... You know, once Jake Turbo's back, Aloy's back, Schuster, Sirenen, if they're all back in the team, I can't see a spot for Delui. Hence why I think he's not a bad downgrade. It's not ideal because he's not your position, but I think that's just the way I'm approaching it. Um, yeah, I'm trading out Cleary. I'm trading out um, Eisenhuth, Schuster, Mazu, and Pangai. And this is where I know I want to keep Pangai, but just working through the trades again, my dual positions aren't set up the right way. And uh, I just, if I want to afford all the players I wanted to get there, this is the sacrifice I'm going to have to make. So it's certainly not ideal. And I haven't, I'm not set on this because I could potentially make the cash up to trade him in if I basically, it means I have to give up George Jennings instead of Mazu. And I might have to trade out Jaden Braley to Verrills and I can still make the other four trades happen. But yeah, I'm not decided, but my trading targets, I'm pretty confident. Turbo, Garrick, Johnson, and Torhu Harris. It's just a matter of who I trade out to make it happen. Anyway, uh, once I do that, you know, Vice-Captain Hines, Captain Turbo, easy. So I think I'll finish up there. So good luck to everyone. Make sure, obviously, you plan your trades out, and, you know, it's five trades. It's got to be fun times for all, and make sure you're really prepared to make last-minute adjustments as there's always going to be some curveballs thrown up by this period of time. So good luck, everyone, and we'll catch you again soon.